0: All right. What is up, Art World? (laughs) Hello, Art World. That's Miss Art World sitting directly across from me looking wonderful. How are you today? Thank you. I'm surrounded by business cards from artists that I collected. You're
1: swimming. At the other art show. I have so many. I know which ones are my favorite just by
0: how they look and feel. I was terrible because I just kept throwing them at you. Like, if I talked to an artist, I was like, here you go. You're just the keeper of the business. Yes.
1: Well, and then you would hand out
0: our uh, fancy stickers. So we so had a, cool. a process, a strategy. It was something. We mm-hmm. had um, such an art-filled weekend. We we went hard in the art. We did. Starting Friday, Friday night. Yeah, we interviewed David Puck, um, whose episode dropped on Tuesday. So check that one out. And then we hit up Enigma Tattoo Studio, um, who was having an art show and a live painting where he was painting. Um, and Catherine and I created a new game um, where we became It's our critics. new favorite game. I had so much fun.
1: Uh, where we stand in front of paintings and just literally critique the heck out of them. Yeah. And <sighs> I-, I loved the space and what they were doing, but... Um... they were some (laughs) bad art there was definitely some pieces that we just the best part was just critiquing them seriously or comparing them to so there's one artist that we he only dated like two of his paintings so we were trying to figure out why his best painting was uh, dated way earlier than his other painting that was dated like last year or something like that and we're like why is
0: the early one so much better S- significantly better than the mm-hmm. later one like his technique went away mm-hmm. it was the weirdest thing and then there was the person who just since i'm guessing they just couldn't paint hands they just did <laughs> one long br- like brush stroke at the end to like end <laughs> the arms well that's so
1: <laughs> hands feet ears uh, are all very hard to paint and so you can really tell um, if you're trying to figure out if an artist is technically skilled. Look at the, the hands, the feet, the ears, the teeth. Teeth are really hard to really? paint. Mm-hmm. The pearly whites? Yeah. Because people want to put in all the lines Ugh. of the teeth. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to see when artists try and skip over those yeah. art parts and you're like i know what you're doing i see you <laughs>
0: so well, we became snobs we, which uh really we so swear snobby. we're not but guess what sometimes we are sometimes it's <laughs> <That's> terrible <laughs> and then um we got up and we met with michael pierce whose episode dropped last sunday um at studio channel island so it was very cool to get into the
1: gallery space it was and see the show being installed and the realism paintings are phenomenal
0: the imaginative realism paintings exactly um, literally some of the best art i have ever seen
1: and lisa can use her
0: uh, artistic term that she learned imaginative realism no, oh the <laughs> chiaroscuro there you go perfect yes. um, who was i want to say it was like julie bell's work showed a lot of chiaroscuro mhm you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then talked a little bit more about postmodernism, which we're going to find an expert to talk to us about. You know, I went on
1: YouTube and looked up postmodernism. Because we got into that postmodernism <laughs> argument in our office yesterday. Exactly. Uh, but I agree. We really need to bring someone in that knows it inside and out. Because a YouTube, a five-minute YouTube video that I watch is not
0: enough for me to be an expert. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm still confused. <laughs> Doors and... Doors, dude. I still cannot walk through a door. But can I? We don't know. <laughs> And if she does, is there any meaning behind that door? I have not, I'm so lost. I'm scared. Um, and then after that, we went to um, Gallery 825 to drop off your installation because you have a show this on April 6th as well.
1: Yeah, I have a video piece. Um, and they have a video show every year, which is great because a lot of times video art doesn't have a lot of opportunities out there. So they have a video call for entry and... I have been lucky enough. This is my third time in that one.
0: Incredible. Mm -hmm. I love it. So that opens this weekend Yes. on the 6th. And then we went to the other art fair. And that was great. And it was great. It was an experience. We got to see Amy, which was awesome. Um, Former podcast guest. She's episode 10? Hold, please. Hold, please.
1: Uh, amy's (laughs) booth was great she did a
0: wonderful job putting that together i think she actually um bias aside really had one of the best booths
1: and you know what we'll get more into this too but as far as a um booth strategy for artists to approach people that come she was on
0: she was on point on point a game um but she did an excellent job
1: so she is uh, episode 13. Enjoy the uh,
0: frogs in the background. You guys, we're sorry. We had technical difficulties back in the day, um, as in two weeks ago. And <laughs> we're improving. We have upped our game. We have new mics. We're, we're serious for you guys. We got some white blue balls that we're speaking into. <laughs> I love it when you say blue balls on our podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, so hopefully no more frogs. Because we had a lot of them. <laughs>
0: anyway, Lisa's just fully enjoying laughing at her own joke. I really, you guys, I'm funny, I swear. <laughs> All right, so should we just dive into the other art fair? Yeah, so that's the main topic of this I don't even episode. Know where we should start? I have so many feelings.
1: Uh, so. When we, okay, maybe we'll walk them through our experience. So okay. we parked and there's a
0: giant chair. And this was at the, uh, the reef in Los Angeles. Yes. I like the chair. That was cool. Super cool chair, very artsy. Mm hmm.
1: Overall, I fully enjoyed the fair. I thought it was done better than a few of the other fairs that I had gone to recently, as far as like art walls and kind of the flow. And I even told Lisa this that I thought event production wise it was done very well, which she then said, "What?" <laughs> so I don't know if she wants to speak
0: on that side of things since that is her background. Well, this isn't in a in a uh, event production podcast, so That's we true. don't need to dive too far into that. Okay, I just, just touch think they, on it. They, just, they had areas they could have improved on. The flow and layout um, was poorly done. It wasn't um, the best for all artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the wait to get in the ticketing's the ticketing was it, bad. it was yeah. very poorly done for how many people could already have their tickets ahead of time. It should have been a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a severe lack of signage. Um, you know how I feel about signage. I love signage. Big lettering. I do too. I do too. Very and, Um, but you know what? I have a very different. I have very high expectations for events, so <laughs> did you I think the average overall? person would have thought it was well done. Okay, good. Not that I'm calling you the average person, <laughs> I but I totally... <laughs> Lisa is not average. <laughs> Obviously, I'm an average person, and I was like, I this is, is great. <laughs> the event world is my world, yeah. and I am an event snob through and through.
1: Mm-hmm. And not an art okay. snob. Just I'm not an, an art snob, snob, but I
0: am an event snob, and um, that's because, you know every event affects the way people look at events Mm -hmm. um we have such an influence on one another that i want all of them to be top tier nice sorry not sorry (laughs) 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 but anyway so and now let's get into the art of it all yeah so you like what i did there like the heart of it but the art of it all the art i love it it's so clever (laughs) i'm uh i'm feeling it today are you i am so good I came ready to podcast. (laughs) Uh, So
1: my overall take was um, a lot of the art would be appealing for um, people who are looking for something very aesthetic. Um, Maybe if they're looking for a piece that can hang in their house, if they have a color scheme that they're going for, there was a lot of abstract, a lot of just... That would look nice on a wall not to say it's um you know bad art it's just not fine art there's more of a design element to it that I thought not every artist there had but most of them did and that honestly because the other art fair is um wanting sales that's a lot of the booths will have very um sellable artwork I say in quotation marks because not every buyer is a wealthy collector that can buy a huge conceptual sculpture that can hang in their house. Like they're looking for something that will match their couch. And so a lot of the booths were um, like that. Not all of them. There were some really dynamic
0: artists there that um, I thought are worth talking about today. Definitely. Um, I think there's there were some great artists. Um, there were some I really enjoyed that I was impressed with. And there were some that just felt very pay-to-play, and I questioned the curating of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not quite sure exactly how the curating works. We know that
1: you have to put in your application, and you are technically curated in, but who knows as far as how serious the curating goes versus if you have money to pay
0: for your space. Yes. And I think... I would hope that in the future it'd be a little bit better curated because I felt like the artists that w- didn't do a good job hurt the really good artists. Yes. Because it tired it tired you out in some ways, mm-hmm. and it felt like it cheapened the show overall.
1: And I think this is the.
0: F- I'm not sure. I believe this is the first time that
1: they're doing it in L. A. So really? I think that it will improve. Okay. As it gains momentum. And super interesting that we met artists who traveled from Florida and Chicago to be
0: there. Yes. And I went in fully thinking that it was going to be mainly local LA artists. Yes. I think we went, there was even a New York artist. Mm-hmm. Which There's a Brooklyn other art fair. So I was surprised about that. Um, but yeah. I think we, we walked away with some big to-dos and to-don'ts for artists who are looking at Participating in a fair, Um, yeah. Where should we get started? Um, So let's let's dive into
1: do's and don'ts, and then we can. We each picked out a favorite art piece, and we also have a couple artists that we want to talk about briefly. So, but I think the do's and don'ts are, is what is really interesting. Yes. All right, hit it. Okay, so. And the, for me, I can't even believe that they're on my don't list. I'm going to start with the don't list. Um, is because it, it's so basic, like, I don't think I should be telling artists that they really need to have business cards. So right now, I'm holding in my hand a torn piece of paper. paper. It looks like it's a, like, the back of it is maybe her directions resume to get there. Oh, her resume. <laughs> oh my and then God. she has lit, he or she... Has written, handwritten on there, the website, uh, poorly written too, phone number and Gmail uh, to hand out. And I totally get running out of business cards, but then I also totally don't get, like, order 500 business cards and come prepared. Because this is not okay if you are spending so much money to have a booth. You really need
0: to be prepared with business cards. Business cards. All right. This, dri- this drives me right into my point. All right. <laughs> if you are paying this much to have a booth, have your cards made. Go buy some chloroplast. Print it out on printer paper. It doesn't have to look amazing, but post it noting next to your piece with a title. Oh, you're m- talking about the labels. The labels, mm-hmm. yeah. The title, the price, and medium. That's, come on, be better than that. And And I I know some people say that's artistic. I was going to say. Guess (laughs) what? It looks cheap. (laughs) Um, Number two, do not write on your wall in pencil, unless you're a calligrapher with beautiful writing. But if you're going to look like your five-year-old wrote it with doctor script and in pencil write original drawings with asterisks around it, like, I'm going to put you on blast be better lisa was fully annoyed she took a photo and, and honestly i think part of that falls on the show as well like if someone did that in a, in your gallery when you were running a gallery what would you have done so uh for the gallery it would be a huge no-no but that's on the gallery to yeah. put those and i think it's also on the show to walk up with a bucket of paint and say you paint over that no shit, it's original drawings. See,
1: I'm torn because I agree with you that that is bad art artist practice. You should not do that. But I also think that uh, it should be the artist's responsibility to know that. However, but it cheapens as an event, the show, I agree. Overall, it looks bad on everybody. Yes, it doesn't look bad on everyone, but it does cheapen the show to have that, and you wouldn't see that at a Basel or
0: a higher-end show where galleries gallery is the other at. art fair pushes themselves as a higher-end show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think I that's think their end goal is to be a higher-end show. To be end a high-end end show. show. Mm-hmm. And I think they can get there, but you can't allow things like that to happen. Yeah. Um, also, f- did I cut you off? You had a two, and then I just like... R- no, that was one and two. Writing on the wall. <laughs> one, oh, okay. Both have to do with just... Writing in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna post pictures, guys. It wasn't that. <laughs> I don't was list. <laughs> furious.
1: I'm surprised I didn't, you didn't stop. go over I didn't there with like a eraser and I, just
0: started erasing it. I walked up, I should have. I walked up, took a picture, shook my head, and walked away.
1: Oh. <laughs> my uh, inner Jer Bear. <laughs> another uh, don't on my list is um the layout. So if you, there was one booth I, I walked into and they had very large, uh, photographs framed and then they had a table right in the middle of their booth. And so I had to let, and there was someone sitting behind the table. So on I'd have this phone. To, on this phone and I had to like, to get up to the pieces that I had to go around the table Um, which felt weird. Like I felt like I was invading his space, like I was entering his office almost. And then I couldn't step back away from the pieces to look at them from a distance, which is what you want with big art pieces. Absolutely. So um, another shout out to Amy. I think she did this well. She didn't have a table right in the middle of her booth. She didn't have anything. She had a stool on the side of her booth that she sat on and it really invited people to walk in and through her space, see her pieces up close, step back and see them from far away. So almost unless you really need a table, like
0: get rid of that element in your booth. Absolutely. And I know this next topic is something we kind of disagreed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Amy did a exceptional job at this. When you walked into her booth and I watched her with other people who she didn't know, she kind of said, hey, how's it going? Then she sat back down. She wasn't on her phone. She was available, but she wasn't watching them like shoplifters or pushing like a used car salesman. And I felt those two things in other people's booths.
1: Yeah. So I think it's important. I always appreciate when the artists or who's ever at the booth representing the artists acknowledge your presence. Hi, welcome. Let me know if you have any questions. And then kind of steps back and lets you have your time with the pieces, but isn't too far away. Or for some reason, being on your phone feels like you're closed off to people interacting with you. So I think, as hard as it is for all of us, put your phone away, maybe bring out a book or I mean, just it sounds silly, but like sitting there and watching people walk yeah, around, people watch, just being available. Um, like you would with any high-end store that you would go into Um, and looking for any moment where the person like turns around and kind of catches your eye and wants to then talk to you about your process or the price or anything like that but that we had a few artists that would acknowledge us which was nice but then stand with us the whole time
0: like and, directly next to us
1: and look at us looking at their painting yeah which I get as well but it also made me feel really uncomfortable that I couldn't spend time in their space because I was felt like I would be forced to talk to the artist or I couldn't have a conversation with Lisa about like
0: what we liked or didn't like about the pieces it was so uncomfortable Mm-hmm. yeah And it wasn't everyone, but it was some of them. Yes.
1: Or uh, we had one lady, we walked into her booth, and I don't know if she was the artist or maybe just standing there as artists get lunches. Yeah. But she didn't acknowledge us, looked at her phone, but then turned (laughs) with us as we went around her booth, like, watching us, of course. Yeah. To steal anything or touch anything but still not acknowledging us at all no it was the, so, we just it was walked so in strange alright see ya so I like the other art fair because the artists are there you can engage with them which you don't always get at fairs that have gallery people there and gallery people tend to be they tend to only want to give their time to buyers which I understand as well Um, But it's nice when the artist just really wants to talk about their artwork
0: and they are willing to do so. Yes. And you do want to hear about the artist's experience Mm -hmm. and, like, their process and everything. You just want to hear about it after you've taken it in some. Yes. And maybe not all of them. There's 150 booths. Like, it's not all going to be to your taste. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you are leaving someone behind um, to watch your booth, Make sure it's someone who is your fan. So we got uh, into a conversation with a guy that wasn't the artist at all, but just loved uh, the person so much that he was watching their booth. That I really felt sold by her artwork by the time we were leaving because he was such a she, he was her fan yes. completely. That I felt I felt like I get, got more from him. Then when the artist finally got back to us. Absolutely. And we were introduced to her and she didn't have that kind of same love and energy for her own work that I got from him. Yeah.
0: Which I think, I mean, it must be hard to constantly kind of push yourself for so long, Mm -hmm. but I agree. He sold me and like, (laughs) he just, I felt his passion for it. And I was like, he was great. That's who you want in your booth. (laughs) Um, all right, and then this one, I think I have a to do and a to don't on it. Oh, okay, are you are you ready to move on? No, I'm good. Okay, so um, framing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that most of the work should have been framed.
1: See, and I think and I disagree with I you think on that.
0: That the one guy who used, um, I think it was Michael. What was his last name? Uh, the oh, surfer. it wasn't Michael. It was uh, Kristen Hart. Kristen A Hart put up a huge piece, and she used these pink stones to um, put down the four corners, and it looked really nice. I wasn't sold on it at first. By the end of the show, I thought, what a great idea. It flowed. Her whole collection looked nice. Other areas, it was just like, just their paper tacked up.
1: And so she was, what, like our third, fourth booth third or fourth that booth, we yeah. visited, and you had mentioned, like, oh, you didn't like... Them being unframed. Yeah. And then uh, we went to other booths. And instead of like the cool kind of stones yeah. that she used, other people just do push pins. Yeah. Which is, uh, I've done it in grad school where yeah. you just push pin it up. I wouldn't do it in a gallery. Um, but I, see, I think I disagree with you. I, as a buyer, would like to have my own frames made or the decision Mm -hmm. to frame my own pieces but if you are showing works on paper i don't think push pins are a great way to go like magnets would be we've uh when i was installing in a gallery we
0: use magnets for paper pieces and that looks nice but in my it just protects the piece too while you're at this fair with thousands of people Mm -hmm. yeah there is an element of it Potentially, of like, I care enough about this piece that I want to protect it within a frame, even if a buyer changes out the frame. Mm hmm. Right. The
1: frames are the most, not always, but are very expensive usually. Like to get
0: that piece framed, that large one, the large one, probably But there are some like eight and a half by 11 pieces. Mm hmm. That i was like you could probably stick in a basic frame right like he doesn't all need to go into be framed professionally
1: sometimes people think like if you put stick it in a basic
0: frame it devalues your art so it's almost devalued it to me from a non-artist perspective see I'm, I'm for i'm for magnets
1: i'm for not showing them in frames in that type of environment but in yeah, I don't like frames, though. It's just my bias. Like, I don't want oil paintings framed. Yeah. But right. I can totally see your point of view as far as protecting it. Because if it is dirty, ooh, I don't like that. Right? If there's, like, fingerprints
0: on it, then it's risky for sure. It's risky. And, like, or I, I'm looking at a picture of one that was, the images were taped down. Yeah, don't tape your pieces down, guys. Just don't do that. And then invest in some magnets. You're taping it down and you're trying to sell it for three hundred and fifty dollars. So this is a lower price point. But you're taping it down. Well, and it it is important as a seller, as an
1: artist who's trying to sell their work, it's important to remember that art, even if it's a three hundred dollar piece, art is a luxury good. And so you have to treat your items as a luxury item. I think that's the key for if me. If you have your artwork on the floor, it devalues your artwork. If you have your artwork taped up or push pinned up, it devalues it. It's like walking through a school and having a poster push pinned. Like exactly, I think that's how I felt. And so I think I agree with you that Kristen, who, if you want to look up her work and how she um, displayed it. Her Instagram is K-R-I-S-S-I-H-A-R-T. Um, you can look up her work. And it was nice work. Uh, Lisa walked into her space and said, I would buy this one. It would go so well in my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's pink, uh, surfer. Uh, pink and surfer. It's like my <laughs> life. <laughs> I surf, and as we all know, my entire room is, like, pink and gold. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And then I think my last point, and I don't uh, – it's not, like, a full to-don't for me, but it's just, like – It's a have-to-don't. It's a have-to-don't. It's a have to It's more of a to-do. Okay. That's I, so confusing. Think, <laughs> <laughs> but is it a door? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the people that haven't listened to that episode are going to be highly confused. So confused. Just if I ever bring up a door, I'm talking about a postmodernism. Mm-hmm. And as a door is a door that's not a door that might be a door. And it's all meaningless, but meaningful with no meaning. Exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is. And to go off what Michael spoke about in our last podcast, as an artist, you should ha- try to have a complete collection. And the works that I liked most at the other art fair were the artists who showed a full collection. And if they showed a bit of um, old work and new work, um, they the good artists, in my opinion, are the ones who did a really good job. They separated out on the walls. Um, but there were some artists who like, they were abstract artists, But then they were, like, putting up, like, figurative works. And I was like, huh. Okay. I don't know. It it just didn't flow as well to me. And I think that it just hits the nail on the head that a complete collection really sells nicely and looks good.
1: Yeah, because you're presenting a style to the buyer. And so all the spaces are – they vary in size. But they're not huge. No. So – it's not a rep- retrospective you're not showing all of your work and all of your styles pick one and it's your storefront so treat it as like this is the style that i'm representing i think exactly what you said yeah. is pick a style and if you are going to separate it make sure it looks obvious to why you're separating them um I do for me is i love the artists that took over ownership of their personal space so either um, like they painted the walls pink, yes, or they they were just more mindful of making it a unique space rather than just the pink the pink gallery walls the white typical gallery walls they they took time and energy to make it their space and I really felt special in their spaces like the art was uh, more unique I guess
0: yeah I felt like I was walking into their gallery like their pop-up gallery Mm -hmm. and it just made a big difference yeah so taking ownership is essential exactly (laughs) all right what part do you want to dive in next do we want to some like crit or artist highlight so let's do crits and then we'll end on
1: our um our artist's highlights. can i say one more thing as i'm surrounded by business cards sure um i was getting frustrated cuz i i grabbed what 30 business cards um and i started looking at them and trying to figure out which were the ones that i really liked and a lot of them are just the, the artist's name their contact information and nothing else it's just a black business card or maybe like their signature which means nothing to me if i don't know your artwork so There's certain artists that really incorporate their imagery on their cards or a picture of themselves, and I think both are really handy if you are trying to give out business cards that people will then remember who the heck they were talking to.
0: So, you know, invest in some interesting
1: business cards.
0: Yeah, and I have to say that's another one that I think... um was it Kristen did well? Kristen did well. Um,
1: Born Rich did it very well as as well. And there's some artists, they're so creative that they do some interesting shapes. Like there's one that I'm holding right now. It's round and both sides are colorful. Uh, using the patterning in her work is Rodora Stau is the business card. And it's just, it's a cool business card. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember her. Mm-hmm. And I think she it's perfect. I know who she is. I remember talking to her and her artwork purely by looking at her business card. So remember how important these things are. Yes. All right. Dive into the crit. Okay. So we could go on and on. We really wanted to talk mainly about one artist that we talked to. She was really interesting. Quite um, nice. But we had Lisa and I had a great conversation about her artwork. So
0: do you know how to say her name? Uh is it like it's Felicidad De Lucas? Felicidad DeLucas? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think so. Okay, so her Instagram is F E I. Oh shoot. Are you are, are we, we putting her I? on blast or credit or giving her a crit and yeah. like sending people to her work? Yeah,
1: of course.
0: She's going to give us, like, two stars. Uh, is that an
1: I or an L? I have a... Uh, it must be an I. It must be an L. Okay, F-E-L-I-C-I-D-A-D
0: is her Instagram. There it is, yeah. I was trying to find it so I could help you.
1: I, You know, honestly, I think we should uh, promote her because her work is interesting. And I think critiquing her work isn't a negative on her. We just so we walked into her space and there was one piece that was super interesting like very it
0: was by far her best
1: piece yes it grabbed you right away and her other pieces were not as strong no and so i i don't want felisa if you're listening i don't want you to think our critique felicidad um our critique is a negative you just left us with an impression that we actually want to talk about and maybe because your work was a lot more conceptual than any other work there so you have given us something to be able to talk talk about about. whereas a lot of the other
0: artists didn't this has nothing to do with technical skills her shots were fantastic she's a photographer um but conceptually do you want to explain it oh her artwork her artwork so
1: her idea after talking to her was she wanted to bring in the human experience of environmental issues. So what the pieces that we looked at, she has like a Joshua tree wrapped in this plastic, and they're beautifully done pieces. Um, interesting fact that I, the, after talking to her, um, is the plastic on each of the photos are exactly the same plastic. So she's not going out and buying the same plastic. It's just the one piece of plastic that she takes around with her and then wraps like trees and rocks in Mm -hmm. and then photographs it. The piece that we thought was the most interesting was from the inside out. So it was like she stood where the Joshua tree would be and then photographed it
0: looking out through the plastic. Yes. And so I left with two notes. I think personally, um, she could build a collection off doing that shot with different backgrounds um, and talking about environmentalism as looking through the plastic at nature. I think it's a really interesting note, and it's not something I've really seen done before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if that's and it looked really cool, it was very enticing to look at. And if that's not the route she wants to go, if she wants to do what she's been doing, I think it would mean more to me as a buyer and a viewer for her to be finding plastic in the wild and taking the photo of plastic um, relating to the environment. But bringing plastic into the environment and adding it to the landscape just didn't seem quite right to me. It conceptually it would be a
1: lot stronger to have her go find the plastic photograph it
0: take the plastic away from nature and you know yeah as a combination of like an environmental cleanup photography series um I I love that idea conceptually mm -hmm.
1: I I think the the view from the inside out really gave me the perspective as like I'm this Joshua tree in nature covered Mm -hmm. in plastic. Yes. And her whole idea is thinking about the human perspective. And that made me feel as a human what I would feel like covered in plastic and my viewpoint. Versus just looking at a Joshua tree covered in plastic doesn't make me feel any more connected to it than how I normally see pollution all over the place.
0: Yes. I felt a lot more affected and saddened by, like, man, this is what we're doing in the environment. Like, I have to look through plastic to see the nature and, like, to be the tree, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, I think it's just a strong statement. Yes. And I, I do agree.
1: If she, like, hiked around the desert looking for plastic. a lot of work. Plastic, but, oh,
0: super powerful. It'd be powerful. Mm-hmm. And, it's and just think about how too. great it would be if she did both so she hiked around saw it found the plastic and tried to get that photo with the plastic found Mm -hmm. through nature yeah boom it's crazy like the more
1: conceptual pieces uh the better what am i trying to say the harder something is to do usually makes it a way better conceptual piece because you're like dang girl you hiked around yes. the desert for like eight hours looking for plastic. Yeah, I mean, that is art. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, you know, shouts to you, uh, Felicity Dad, for giving us something to I'm have sorry. a conversation I'm about. I'm sorry for
0: saying your name wrong.
1: I'm not sure I'm saying it right.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'm oh. not sure either of us are. Yeah. our
1: Names are not our
0: strong names, point. Y'all, names are not our strong point. Um, there's been times... Where yours truly had to restart an episode because I oh. butchered a guest name. So. Well,
1: we won't mention names. But. We do it to ourselves.
0: <laughs> um, all right. But yes, thank you for uh, creating art. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do our, some of our favorites from the show. Yes. And I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> because I don't have a bunch of cards in front of me, and I'm having a hard (laughs) hard time remembering a few. (laughs) So I'm going to give a shout-out to, I think, my favorite artist of the show, aside from Amy, because we're biased, Mm -hmm. and uh, we love you, Amy. But Michael Angelo Cassi. Um, And he had a piece of... Um, this little girl running, um, and then there was almost like a little photograph in blue and white next to it of the girl hugging another girl. And like, I felt like affected by it Mm -hmm. and I'm not quite sure. It was almost like, I think it's mixed media a bit. Um, in person it was almost on glass, I want to say, but when I looked him up online, it looks like he does a lot of oil. Okay.
1: Yeah, we this is one booth that we couldn't really find the artist and I think the artist was there who's just talking to someone else. Yes. Um so we didn't really get a whole lot of information about his piece, but the piece that Lisa's talking about was really big. Um it has this kind of dark ominous feel yes. to it. It looks like
0: they're running on the beach. Yeah, it almost felt a little sad, but at the same time like relatable. Yes, because the figures are brightly colored. It's just the environment around them are is, is dark. dark. When it almost, like, to me, red, and this is just completely conceptual in my take from it, but, like, the little girl is, is running and remembering a time on the beach when, like, she was with her best friend and they're, like, holding each other. Like, it almost felt like maybe something happened to the other little girl. Mm-hmm. Or, flip side, maybe she's running towards it. And maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but... It made me want to think. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, I I definitely get the same sense as a memory. Yes, because it seems like there's information missing, or they're in different kind of planes. Planes, but it's Mm -hmm. clear
0: the one girl is the same girl. Yeah, Um, but I really really liked it.
1: It was very different than everything else else that we saw there. It definitely was a piece that made you stop it demanded space because it was so large but then you were you were interested in what was going on cuz it wasn't a one liner you didn't just oh that's a portrait moving on oh that's a the sea yeah there was a lot of pictures of the sea and the beach yes um, um but and this
0: is a picture of a beach but done but just, in just done a, so differently and this mm-hmm. was the only picture of a beach in his collection that I saw um but really cool and a lot of people had were standing back and looking at his work and kind of lingering and taking it all in which i think is a really good sign mm-hmm. um and then the other one i'm wondering if you can figure out what his name was but he had the ballerina piece oh you're are you taking this as your favorite
1: piece is it's, this why you wanted to go It's first? my second favorite because you literally was, have the same exact favorite pieces as me no note to everyone out there on the <laughs> podcast both of we these didn't pieces discuss this <laughs> incorporate crowns and so i kind of think <laughs> uh yeah it's this one this one wasn't crowns yeah it has a crown in it if you look at the second figure there's a tiny crown oh uh,
0: a crown like that you wear on your head yeah what not, kind of crown were you not thinking a crayon about? oh <laughs> those are bubbles are they bubbles they're bubbles
1: do they look, do they form the shape of a crown? Um, no, debatable. Okay. Conceptually,
0: I thought it was a crown. <laughs> <laughs> it was also a very small image I gave you. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you did that, like, low key disclaimer. Yeah. C- conceptually. <laughs> uh, so this guy. Bole. Bole. Bol- was our second. Bole Patino. Um, whoa, are you claiming. Michael is your yeah, first? Yeah, that
1: was my first favorite. But then... Did you, you even have
0: his card? No. haha. I do, actually. All right, he's mine. This is yours. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and we did not discuss this, y'all. So uh, maybe we, we have not. two similar tastes. But Ballet Patino. Um, and he had a really cool piece where... And we'll post it if we can find it, which I'm sure we can. I have it. Great. Um, and it's this little girl. It's a ballerina um wearing a crown and not a crayon but a crown <laughs> um and it's like all graffiti if i remember correctly i don't want to call it street art was it street art it, felt I, more it graffiti-ish. looks
1: it looks like street art and graffiti mixed? styles mixed together okay yeah like i don't think the whole thing is um spray paint i think it's a mix
0: of okay. both uh but it was just such a striking image and he, and he really had really cool. He had a good collection, super cool, from uh, Florida. Um, and we really enjoyed his piece.
1: Yeah, if you want to look him up on Instagram, uh, B-O-L-L-E-E-P-A-T-I-O. Darn it. I-N-O. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm dyslexic. Let me.
0: B-O-L-L-E-E-P-A-T-I-N-O. Oh. Nothing says a great podcast like a spelling bee, right? So bad. <laughs> we will post this on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll tag him. At Art World Podcast. Boom! You nailed that. Yeah, You're it's killing it these Good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um, really liked his work, though. Um, yeah, I do, too. Um,
1: I I really liked his work. I don't think he's doing anything that it that i haven't seen before and that is maybe harsh but i fully enjoyed his work and if he listens to this podcast i would just encourage him to kind of push it further because obviously technique wise he's got the talent um i would i just want to see him do something a little bit different how so i can't tell him how so Well, we told uh, Felicia that how so. So he would be harder to tell how so because he's so different than than me. But he's doing a lot of the same techniques that are very popular that we've seen lately with street art and graffiti. So I almost and I don't know if he'd be interested. I would like to see him bring in maybe a different type of. Technique into the street art and graffiti art. Okay. So maybe mix it up. Mix it up. And now that I'm saying that, Born Rich. Oh, yeah. Um, he. So, Born Rich, we met him, and his one piece really grabbed me because he had that mix of. He had two portraits together, and one portrait was done very traditional, and one was done very loose. And you can tell that there was a definite motivation behind choosing the different styles for each of the figures on
0: one canvas. And it ended up being that he's doing a collaboration. Yes, with a very traditional oil painter Mm -hmm. and then his street art style. Yes.
1: And so maybe for yeah,
0: maybe trying a collaboration
1: might bring him a different element into his artwork that
0: is new oh i like that that'd be really cool yeah instead of like the stencil of the ballerina if it was like an oil painted like oh that'd mm-hmm. be sick yeah all right well we need to wrap it up mm-hmm. but um a final question for you as an artist i'm gonna a- answer it as a viewer okay as an artist would you do you think it's worth it to participate in the other art fair
1: I think if you are an emerging artist, yes. Okay. This is a great uh fair to kind of jump in um and get your feet wet, figure out what works, what doesn't work, everything that you need to hopefully get to a higher end art fair eventually. Um I I think it is worth it if you are an artist who are doing who are interested in selling their artwork on a commercial level. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of interior designers, um, I'm guessing stagers who go there and buy for properties and hotels. Mm-hmm.
1: And it, I think this is a great way for artists to figure out how to professionally represent themselves and talk to people in the art world. And that's a skill that all artists uh, need to have yeah. to be successful. Excellent networking. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. As a, uh, <laughs> would So I always think if I was going into one of those fairs as I have $3,000 in my pocket and I want to buy some art, I feel like... Oh, don't do me like that. It would... Yeah. Don't you do me like $3, that. You have $3,000 in your pocket. Would you have looked at it differently?
0: Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a viewer, to walk around, it was an enjoyable Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say where I would spend that $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I have the right answer here. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, get, I, think I might get in trouble. Oh. Uh, I do want to say... Okay, I'm going to say it. Go, because go for it. Because you know what? I'm the uninformed person. Um, if I had, if I had a spare 3000 right now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, there's a certain piece I have my eye on oh. <laughs> and that, that would be my boy, Andrew. Okay. So you already have, you have already,
1: the problem with Lisa guys, she has already fallen in love with an art piece elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the problem. <laughs> and she only has eyes. I only have the eyes for that tiger.
0: Pieces. It's the tiger with the blue flowers, I just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it brings me much joy. See, and I
1: only have eyes for a D&D Ryan collage. Oh, Ryan's is good too. That I would buy, mainly because I know as a purchase, uh, it would be great. I love Ryan's work, but I also know that the D&D element would be appreciated by my husband. Yep. So it would it would just be a great
0: buy. Now I'm overall. gonna throw it out there. If I had fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, I'm buying some of the artwork at the Illusionist show. Oh, okay, interesting. There was multiple pieces there that I really really liked. Okay, yeah. So um, highly highly suggest anyone in Los Angeles go so, out April sixth, Studio Channel Islands, four p.m.
1: Oh yeah. Um. so this is a fun game if you guys have pieces that if you had $3,000 in your pocket share with us and we will give them a shout out on our Instagram and if you have a piece you want critiqued hey is uh, this a new segment? new segment alert
0: <laughs> ding, ding 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 art critiques art critiques brought to you by Lisa and Katie <laughs> <laughs> take it for what you want it. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll do it there's yeah. no such thing as bad press right?
1: This is, that's fun. I like this it segment. It is fun.
0: All right. Now, if only they wanted it, we just didn't force it on people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We have to go. But uh, we love you guys.
1: Love you guys. Bye. Bye.